line. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that's the bottom. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom. That's the bottom. That's the bottom. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom. Hey guys, Jim Wahlberg here. I want to welcome you back to part three of our interview with DMC, Daryl Mack of Run DMC. So I wrote down in my notes, you're, you're a huge star. You're a member of one of the biggest groups in the world. You got fame, you got fortune, you got everything that goes with it, and it's not enough. You're depressed, you're suicidal, you're, you know, you just, we're under this illusion in this country that fame is enough, that celebrity is enough, that money is enough to fulfill us. But ultimately, what your story is telling us is that it's not enough. It's not enough to, to define you, and it's not enough to, to fulfill you as a human being. If you're not equipped, right? If you're not a healthy right. person, right, with a great sense of who you are, as a, what happened to you can yeah. happen to anybody. No, for sure. I mean, because I, I remember, um, you know, you get the hit record, you get the tours, you get the money and all of that stuff. When I was just doing it because I was having fun doing it, it was cool. Yeah. But now people on the outside of me, they're seeing the results. So it went from, and this is funny, it went from me getting hit records, getting on the radio, and doing the big tours to other people telling me, I need to get on the radio. I need I don't I need to have a hit record. I need to tour. No, I realize now, no I don't. All I need to do is be happy. Absolutely. Oh right. my god. And if I'm happy, all yes. of that will happen. But then I started believing, oh, maybe I do need to be number 1. Or maybe I do need to be on the chart. No, you don't. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm going to reach outside of myself. Now I'm even going to be more dependent on the alcohol feeling. I now even need more courage because, um, Jim, I don't know how to have a hit record, right. but I had one. Right. Now I'm listening to people that see that I got one. Yo, you need to get more of those. So automatically, mm. I'm going to start. Yo, Jack Daniels, Jim Beams, I need y'all to come hang with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it went from me being what I was to needing to be someone, something else to suit, not just to satisfy what I was desiring, I started doing it to satisfy other people's needs, which will really push you over the, that's, you know. That's the killer, man, is, is, is trying to live your life to satisfy other people. Right. Is the, is, that'll, kill, that'll kill you. And what, what I'm trying to say is, for me, it was me smoking the joint just to impress Dexter all over yeah. again. Exactly. Exactly. To simplify wow. it. Like, you know, yeah. to simplify it. Like, if I never smoked a joint, I don't know what would have happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm sure it wouldn't have been as bad as it got for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something else would have happened to me if I wasn't smoking a joint. But that's how I sum it up. Do not do anything to, to make people say you're cool. Because yeah. you're perfect just the way you are. And it almost seems like, you know, fame itself is a contributing factor to this depression, right? To your depression. But not just to you, but to many people. Um, you know, you are this huge celebrity and then things start to change, right? Because fame is fleeting, right? Today you're the biggest thing. Tomorrow you're sort of yesterday's thing, right? And fame is fleeting and you have to adjust. Um, and so, you know, I always tell people, 
be careful what you wish for when it comes to being famous, right? Because guess what? You're always going to be that guy. And if fame goes away like it goes away, right, you might have to get a job someday, right? So I always warn people, uh, be nice to the people on the way up because you're going to see them on the way down is one of my, is one of my things that I like to tell That's people. That's true, man. Oh, hell yeah. So, you know, for me, a lot with me too was – because I talk about it in the book, running Jay argued all the time. It was healthy. Yeah. I wouldn't say nothing when I was pissed off. That's the worst thing. Yeah, you were so, eating your own poison. I remember one time, like, <laughs> this is funny to people who like our music. There was a lot of records that we made that I wouldn't have made. Yeah. Not because they were bad. Yeah. Just because I didn't feel it was me. I mean, young people in this country are, are convinced that, you know, it's all about being famous. It's all about followers. It's all about, you know, likes and all this other stuff, right? Social media has completely changed the way the world is now. I can't even imagine if social media was around when you were going through all this depression, right? Because every day people are on their phones and they're going through the messages. They're going through the comments and what people have to say to them. And people are not nice. People are sitting at home in their underwear. This is their opportunity to get even, but not having a great life, right? And so they start writing these terrible things about people. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we do a really bad job in this country of, of helping kids understand what's really important and real, real happiness comes from. What's, no, what's valuable? We have a warped sense of, of what's valuable. I remember um, I did a podcast, uh, Sirius XM, I think, um, New York, NYU Medical University, they have a, a medical station on Sirius XM. And I went on to talk about my book and we took calls afterwards and it was doctors and stuff calling in wow. asking for help. And after we finished, you know, to talk about my book and after we finished, this was off the air. I forgot the name of the lady that's the MC of the whole show, the VJ of the whole show. And um, she said, yo, D, doctors are killing themselves left and right. And I remember I went to this event and a doctor came up to me and he was like, I've never told anybody this, D, but, um, you know, anxiety, substance abuse, pill, everything like this and that. And I was like, yo, I feel for you. It's crazy. You know, it's okay not to be okay. But then I had to get real with it. I said, yo, I just want to leave you with this because this is what I found out. Me being a microphone masker doesn't mean nothing. You know what I'm saying? Me being able to sit here and talk to you as a human being that has feelings and emotions and dreams and desires and I eat the same cake and cookies that you, that's the most powerful thing. And he started looking at me different. And I said, I had to realize that I don't need a hit record. I don't need to be on the radio. I don't need to be on TV. So what if you don't see me? I said, the most powerful thing is you saw me through videos. You heard me through the record right. player. But here we are. Me and you talking in the same room, no bodyguards around, no paparazzi, no VIP ropes. And he just looked at me. And he said, geez, so what do you think, you know, what's going to help me, this and that? I said, yo, it's going to be a process. It's going to journey. It might happen quick. It might not happen. I said, I just want to leave you with this because I got to keep it real with you because I know this to be true. I said, first of all, I want you to understand that. Um, I said, you're not going to be Dr. Phil. <laughs> not all of you doctors are going to get a million dollars in ever show. And then a second of all, you can, all you can do as a doctor is do your best. If you lose a patient, if, um, if, if the diagnosis doesn't come out right, if the operation doesn't save the person, 
I know it's so hard to say I could have done more, but the most thing, the most powerful thing that you could do as the doctor that you are is just do your best. That's the thing that's going to count. And he looked at me and he said, is that easy? I said, it's that easy now. It's not going to be hard. I mean, it's not going to be an easy thing to get through those emotions. But if you start right then and there, maybe you won't need to pop those pills. Maybe you won't need to drink that drink. And he was like, maybe that'll help. I said, look, you sat here and just told me when I was in high school, Run DMC changed my life. And here you are talking with DMC of Run DMC. And then he just looked at me and was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. So the fortune and fame thing isn't the thing that makes me valuable. The thing that makes me valuable is that I can relate and communicate and and be on the same level as you no matter what you're going through. That's the powerful thing. The mighty king of rock is an alcoholic, suicidal, metaphysical, spiritual, emotional wreck like all of you listening. Very nice. You know, I want to just ask you about one other thing. Yep, yep. Uh, one of my notes is the song Angel, Angel oh. by Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. And the reason I want to ask you about that is you emphasized a couple of times how important that song was to you yep. at, that at that time in your life. Right. And uh, I think sometimes people, when we, we, when we look at people in music, right, I think sometimes we forget about how important music is just to the human race. Right. Right? Just to people. Yep. I think every person can pick a song out in their life that just got them through the worst a time really, ever. really difficult time. Yep. And and I, I thought it was really important. And obviously you thought it was very important too because you mentioned it a few times, yep. right? It was like the only song allowed to be played yep. at, at this time of my life. Was can you just tell me yeah, can you just tell me a little bit about that right. and, and, and what that song did for you? Right. When I first went into my depression, everything felt wrong. So I don't wanna live no more. Nothing had purpose. I don't wanna rhyme anymore. Everything me I don't wanna Nothing felt right. Nothing. Right. Make a long story short, when I heard that record, I was coming home from JFK, and I was just gone. And that record came on the radio, came on Light FM. And when I heard that record, something inside me said, Yo, D, life may be messed up. You may have all these emotions. You may be depressed. You may have pancreatitis. But if something this beautiful exists, it's good to be alive. So for one year, all I did was listen to Sarah McLachlan. That record kept me from jumping. <laughs> mm. Every time I really wanted to jump, shoot myself in the head, or put my foot on the third rail, I would put that song on, and it would do what the Jack Daniels couldn't accomplish. Wow. So for one year, all I did was listen to Sarah McLachlan. Everywhere I went... Eric and Jay and Run had to play it while we was traveling in a limo, whatever, whatever. At the end yeah. of that year, I go to um at the end of that year, I go to Clive Davis Grammy party in LA. And I didn't want to go. Eric made me go. I cursed Eric out. I want to go. F Clive Davis, F U, F hip hop, yeah. F F everything. All I wanna <laughs> do, all I wanna do, because I couldn't drink Jack Daniels and Jim Beam is sit in my room and listen to Sarah McLachlan. So he takes me to Clive Davis Grammy party out in L.A. 
And guess who walks in? Sarah McLaughlin. Mm. So I go up to her. I'm like, get it together. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. So I just walk up to her. And as I'm walking to her, she starts reciting my lyrics. It's tricky to rock around, rock around. That's right on time. Walk this way. So in my head, I'm saying, yo, D, see, yeah. that's a good reason to stay alive. Even Sarah McLachlan likes your music. Mm. So I walk over to her and I say, Miss McLachlan, the name of the record is Angel. You sound like an angel. People say you're an angel, but you're not an angel to me. You are God. Every day for the last year, all I do is listening to this record, this and that, and I go through this whole, I go through this whole rant and rave of how special she is and how great this record is to me. So I finish. She looks at me like, okay, I just wanted to say hi to your ass. But <laughs> she shakes my hand and she says, thank you for telling me that, Daryl. Just like you said, Mark, yeah. when somebody says to you, Yo, uh, I mean, um, Jim, so, um, I've never told anybody this. And you says, thank you. So I tell Sarah McLachlan that. She goes, thank you for telling me that, Daryl. That's what music is supposed to do, right? Shakes my hand, walks away. Three years go by. I find out that I'm adopted, right? Uh. So when I found out that I'm adopted, I start drinking again and I'm going through that. But then something in me says, yo, if I die tomorrow, I got to leave something here. So I get the idea, yo, I'm going to call that lady whose song, Angel, got me through that rough time of my thing so that maybe I can make a song that's going to mm. get people through what I'm going through. Because remember, Jim, you said it. You said, yo, there's so many of us. A lot of us, we different walks of life, but we all going through the same thing. So check this out. I call Eric. Eric, get Sarah McLaughlin on the phone. I got to make a song with her. So Eric's, he's manager. What's this about? This and that. I'm saying, motherfucker, don't worry about what this is about. Just find her. <laughs> so he gets Sarah McLaughlin. So I get her on the phone. Three years has passed. So I go, Miss McLaughlin, remember, remember when I met you three years ago? She goes, how could I forget you, Daryl? You called me God. <laughs> So now I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, well, if you thought I was crazy then, you're going to really think I'm crazy now. Remember when I met you and I said I listened to your song for a year and then I got to meet, meet you and then you said that's what music is supposed to do. I go, well, I just found out that I was adopted and I want to make a song that's going to speak to people the way your song spoke to me. So immediately uh. she goes, yes, I'll do the song with you. And I'm go, what? Because usually I'm thinking you got to go through management, go through yeah, the yeah, label. Sure. I go, okay, cool. I'm going to bring you to New York put you up in a hotel, whatever, whatever. She goes, no, Daryl, you could come to my house to make the record. So she lives in Vancouver, Canada. So we get on a plane, we fly to Vancouver. I said, I want to do a remake of Harry Chapin's Cats in the Cradle song, which was a song about a father who had no time for the children. But I oh, want to flip song. it. I want to make it about my parents who had all the time in the world for me mm. to get me to where I was supposed to go. So I go to Vancouver. Now remember, it took us two days to make the song, but it all started when I heard of her, her song on the radio. I listened to her song for a whole year. I go to a party I didn't want to go to. She happens to be there. I tell her what her song did for me. She says, thank you for telling me that. Three years go by, I find out that I'm adopted. Now here I am sitting in her studio at her house. We just finished a song. She looks at me, Jim, and says, Daryl, before you go, there's something that I need to tell you. And I go, what? She goes, I was adopted too, and I oh did not God. know that. 
Wow. So just by me having the courage to come up to her mm. and say, Miss McLaughlin, your song did this for me. She tells me, thank you for opening up and sharing that with me. Now, think about it, Jim. She could have told me on the phone when I first called her that she was yeah. adopted. She said, no, come to my house. That was something she had to tell me in person. That was personal. That was, yeah, that was from here. How powerful that is here. that? So when, you, when you're not afraid to say, yo, I'm in recovery, or I'm an alcoholic, or I was on meth, or I was a cokehead, or I was abused. Or You know what I'm saying? When you're not yeah. ashamed to say that, your whole world opens up to confirm that you are okay because you're not the only one. I did mm. not know she, it, it was public record. But remember, the only thing I knew about her was that song, Angel. But I didn't know we had something else in common, just like Jim. At the start of this interview, you didn't know right. we was going to sit here and talk about this. Right. You thought we was going to talk about Felix and, you know, what was it like yeah. meeting Steven Tyler? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But see, that's the power in all this. You know, we talked about, about having worth, right, and sort of how that can sort of give people hope right. and give them sort of maybe that just little step up right. out of that situation yeah. that, that we're in. Um, but what just happened with you and Sarah McLaughlin and uh, I mean, that is that's some next level, right? Real like feeling in the heart kind of stuff that right. like you guys opened up to each other in a way that is like only people, only healthy people can do that, right? Right? Well, for sure, you can't do that. You can't do that when you're not healthy. Oh, right? not at you've all. Now, right. You've now you've now found yourself in a place where you can open up and share with people in a way that has depth and a to weight. connect. Right. To really yeah. connect with a person. Connection is because we don't connect when we we're unable to connect. Exactly. Right. And that's why we end up with that alcohol yeah. in our hand. Yeah. Right. And we get healthy. And we find recovery. Yeah. And whatever our road is to that recovery. Right. And because abstinence is not enough, right? Right. You, you had abstinence, yes. right? You stopped. You found you found another way to raise your endorphins by going to the gym. Yeah, and doing yeah, all yeah, this yeah, other yeah. Stuff, right? And you stopped. Yep. But abstinence is not enough. I love that. Physically, that just changed you physically. Right. But it's this is an inside job. Right. This is an inside job. This is not an outside job. I remember when I when I came home. That's powerful. From yeah, I, when I came home from prison. Right. I got sober in prison. Right. And I got out. I was two years clean wow. for the first time ever. And I started to acquire things <laughs> that I could never acquire anything yep. before. Because if yep. if I had if I got a gold chain, I sold it to get yeah. out. Yeah. If but now I started to acquire things. Yep. I was working on the outside. Right. I wasn't working right. on, on the, the inside. inside. I was working on what you thought of me. Yep. That's right. My, yeah, my yeah. focus was right. what you thought of me. Right. Wow, you look great. Wow, look at you. You got a nice car. Yeah, wow, yeah. you got a nice place. Yep. Right? That's powerful, kid, because think, think about it. Uh, you thought our connection was just because, you know, hip-hop and our culture, we from the streets. No, yep. that's part of it. You thought our connection was just, you know, with the kids and stuff like that. Yep. But it was deeper than that. Yep. Let me blow your mind right now. And it's deep. I didn't find out till just last year that that Angel record was a record about suicide. She wrote that record 
about wow. the counting um um smashing pumpkins keyboard artist who killed herself. Wow. How deep is that? Not only the fact that she was adopted, oh, wow. I didn't know it. Yeah. She wrote that record about somebody who did kill themselves. Yeah. So it was meant to be. It yeah, was it was the insider de that depth. That, right. It wasn't just appealing to my ear. Now, you didn't know when you was 1986 listening to the Raising Hell album, you didn't know that you was connected with DMC. You thought you just liked it because me running Jay were dope. No, there yeah. was something deeper there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why it was meant for me and you to meet. Exactly. Think about that. Exactly. My new rhyme... My new rap is, because, um, you know, I look back and just think about, look at Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Look at Chester from Lincoln Park. Yep. Look at Chris Cornell. You know what I'm saying? Look at Jim Morrison. You know what I'm saying, Jim? We were there. Yeah. But we're here. So, mm. you know what I'm saying? Think about that. We were there, but we're here. That, that says a whole lot. And because of that, we have a responsibility to be responsible for all of the other people that we could share this with so that they can do the same thing. That's what I think it's about. I said, um, um, I say, um, I'm sick and tired of the pain and the hurt. I do this for Chester, Chris, and Kurt. Death is appealing, so with death I flirt. I tell the world how I feel, but they think I'm a jerk. I'm not bugging, I'm struggling. All this guzzling is puzzling, so I had to stop hanging with Jack and Jim to fight in a battle that we all can win. It's not just about us, Jim. It's about all of us and anybody else who ain't experienced this yet. That's why I was so key that, that those words, I've never told anybody this. Anybody listening, do not be afraid. Look, you may not want to tell your wife. You may not want to tell your best friend. Find somebody that brings us, even if you're depressed as hell, find that person that brings a smile, if not to your face, to your soul. Maybe it's the man at the corner store. Maybe it's the person in the cafeteria. Maybe it's the librarian. Maybe it's the bus driver. Maybe it's your wife's friend's father's grandmother. Go up to that person and release. I've never told anybody this before, but I need to tell you. When you do that, when you do that, whatever it is that's going to save you will find you. It will. They, the, you know, to go back to that statement, just do you realize that how special you have to be right. to be that person? That somebody you're that special that they're going to say for that one somebody. Right. It ain't going to be for everybody. Right. But that is that is like the ultimate. I, I don't know if compliment is the best word, but yeah, think about that. I value you. I value you so much that I'm going to share I'm with you, tell you something that I have never shared with another human ben, being. Right? That's crazy, oh, man. That's powerful. No, it's super, super, super powerful. Yeah, and only the journey that we've been on, and all the pain, and all the suffering, and everything else, is what put us in that position. Exactly. It put us in that position to be that person. Yep. Brother, listen, I want to tell you that, uh, again, I appreciate you, um, and I feel, I, feel, I feel great to having to got to know you better. Right. Right? Because I, I'm, I've always been fond of you and the person that you are in my presence. Well, well right? no, thank you for helping us with yeah. Felix. Me and Sheila said without you, we would have yeah. never took those first baby steps. 
Well, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, we're all blessed in whatever way we're blessed in. Right. In, in Sheila, uh, Sheila is a, a wonderful, amazing woman. I mean, she's such a wonderful, kind, giving person. And for those of you who don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Sheila Jaffe. She's one of the biggest casting agents in Hollywood. Uh, in fact, she does a lot of my brother Mark's movies. Uh, and she's on the board of our charitable foundation. But Sheila is the co-founder of the Felix organization, which you and Sheila started together with a single goal, right? Was to help kids that were in foster care, that were orphaned, were in shelters for children. We're in the Foundling Center, which is another wonderful place in New York City uh, that Sheila brought to our attention many years ago. Um, but to make a difference for them, to create opportunity for them. And I think mostly to help them to understand that they are loved, right? And who's more uniquely qualified to reach this particular young population than two people that have been very successful that have been adopted? We met, I think, the first time we met was on Martha's Vineyard yes. at the first Felix event, yep. right? Yep. And I just think your energy, your openness, your kindness, your everything that you're just, you were just clicking on all cylinders and it, it was, and it's attractive to me, right? Because I'm not a, I'm not like, a, I talk about this all the time. I'm not a guy that's like a real smiley kind of guy. Right, right. I feel good on the inside. Right, right. I feel joy. I feel joy on the inside. Right. Maybe because of the way I was raised or where I was raised or whatever, the pains that I suffered doesn't always translate to my face. Right. You come across right? as hard. Like, I don't, and, and I don't, I'm not. I don't want to say. I'm soft as butter. I don't want to say I'm, what's up to your ass sometimes. <laughs> I'm soft as butter. I really am. And, and, uh. But you, your joy is evident, and it's contagious, right? So it might not even be a deep, meaningful conversation that you have with somebody, but that smile right, right. and that, kind, that quick, kind word right, right. makes all the difference in oh, the world. Sure. And it made all the difference in the world to me, and it was the reason why I reached out to but you thank to you. do this. Thank you for having me. Because uh, I was like, I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> I want to talk to this. I'm, so far, I've only had people on here that I actually want to talk to. Right, right. Well, right? thank you. Because, and I'm sure at some point there'll be people on here that I didn't really want to talk to. But you're but gonna have to talk to now, them anyway. Exactly. For now, I'm gonna just talk to people I want to talk to. People that have inspired me right. in some way. Um, and hopefully, and, and hopefully they'll come on your show. Like I just didn't say. I've never told anybody this, Jim. But <laughs> hey, guys, Jim Walbrick here from the Bottom Line. Listen, during our lengthy interview with Daryl Mack, we talked a lot about his charity, the Felix Organization, that was started by him and my dear friend, Sheila Jaffe. Um, so I wanted to tell you a little bit more about them. The Felix Organization provides inspiring opportunities and new experiences to enrich the lives of children who are growing up in the foster care system. Okay? They're helping those that need help. So support them. We're going to put up the website. You can go learn more about them and make a contribution. We appreciate your support. Thank you and God bless. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom. That's the bottom. That's the bottom. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom.